0: I don't buy that, but anyway. no, you no, know, I don't research that. But that is that's a story we've told hundreds of people. So that's the story and we're sticking to. it. So that's that's the Norwegians. That's Frank and George. That's a- absolute that's heroes. Incredible. They're like true pioneers. True pioneers. Fast forward seventy years. Yeah, and we're back in New York. There is a American guy. I believe his name is johnston of course it was He johnston they kind of looked at me and they said the answer was was alcohol so ladies and gentlemen the tempest two tom caulfields james whistle the tempest two this is the story of the tempest two Hello and welcome back to the Tempest 2 podcast. I think this is episode 15. 15. And we are recording from sunny Surbiton. um, A leafy suburb in Surrey. Yeah, very leafy at the moment. It is fall, going on winter. I believe it's winter now. Is it winter now? (laughs) When does winter start? December. Um, December. Yeah, December, Jan, Feb and then May... May spring be may with be you in May, <laughs> and May the Fourth be with you all. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the winter in Surbiton. We we why are we here? Um, this is your house. This is my house. Not just a. We're not just in Surbiton. No. Um, why we are in Tom's house is because it's a very, very iconic moment in your life, in everyone's lives, in everyone's life. You um, would see mainly in the life of a new addition to the. The caulfield Cadasso Clan could be called that. Um, Although we're not not, you know, some people are like, oh, look, it's my. I'm like the dog's father, and mother, and they call it like, come to mummy. No, yeah, yeah. no, you don't do that. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. like his cool, hip uncle. Yeah, so so you, yeah. <laughs> cool weird uncle Tom, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uncle Tom. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you've you've got a dog. You've got you've a got little a dog. Puppy. picked up a tiny black cockapoo called Pablo. Why Pablo? Pablo Escobar, (laughs) (laughs) purely for the bands (laughs) Fucking Pablo Escobar. Pablo Escobar, right? Um, Yeah, picked him up four days ago, (laughs) and uh, yeah, it's been been great. What was the um, what was the thinking? It's a huge decision. It truly is. It's bigger than I potentially anticipated. It's been it's been on on the cards. I was going to say on the tip of the tongue, but in decision format, it's been there for a while, hasn't it? It's been on the cards for a while. Um, mainly due to Manny, my girlfriend, really wanting one for the last five years. <laughs> That's the main reason. Five years. Yeah, right. I've eventually folded. um But no, it's been great. It's been hard work. Luckily, you don't have white floors in the <laughs> house. No, luckily we haven't put white flooring throughout the entire three floors of my house. All three of them. All <laughs> three. You own all three. Of them? Yeah, all three. Follow me. But yeah, he's actually been—he's been pretty chill. You've met him, yeah. He's a pretty chill fella. He's a very small dog. Very small. Much smaller than he, he looks on camera, <laughs> which can be say, said for a lot of things. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I can think of one thing in particular. But um, I so, will pa- oh, delete that. It's much bigger than that. But no, Pablo is a yeah. He's a small chap, absolute hero though. Very very well behaved considering you've only had him for I know four or five days. Quite clever very smart goes eats knocks at the back door when he needs the toilet (laughs) I thought you say saying when he wants to come in it's like (laughs) hello I'm home (laughs) he's had a busy day at the park I can't use the front door because the neighbours will be freaked out (laughs) (laughs) but yeah he's an absolute legend so congratulations on um, thank you on Pablo yes and I'm sure He's already pack leader in this house, isn't he? Oh, he's already, like... He's taken over. He loves Manny at least three times more than me, (laughs) and Manny loves him probably four or five times more than me. So I'm fully down the pecking order. That's fine. Yeah, which is fine. I'm I'm used to that in most social circles, so that's absolutely fine. But, yeah, so a nice little early Christmas present, but we are fully in the festive period. It is, isn't it? December. Um... What have, you, what have you been doing yeah. the last week? Good you, got, question. You, you got your tree, didn't you? I did, yeah. Got a tree on Friday, which wasn't even December, which is arguably a bit weird. But pressure was on. Good opportunity to beat the rush. Literally yeah. sound like a four-year-old bloke here. <laughs> it's pathetic. So it's like, I don't want to suddenly kill six many, people getting a Christmas switched off already. It's like, what the fuck? Oh, what, actually actually door, about, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, so got a Christmas tree, got it all decorated. I think went with a Norwegian fur. Norwegian Spruce, one of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Non-drop. Few, yeah, right, okay, yeah. non-drop. Yeah, they I, all I drop. I bought a non-drop last <laughs> year, which um, ironically just dropped like a fucking bomb. It is 600 degrees negative. It <laughs> is awesome. They're all dropping. I haven't got a tree this year because I've actually devoted myself to Harry Krishna. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whoever he is again, that bloke. <laughs> I am. What a legend. No, that's fair. These movies are on, actually. That's Harry Potter. They're on at the moment again, aren't they? Yeah, they certainly are. And we've got the our... Christmas party on Saturday. Big Christmas party. Full organisation is involved. And we've yeah. actually allowed... Wags. ...significant others yeah. to be involved. So Pablo will be making <laughs> it. <laughs> um, yeah, so for the first time ever, I think, the Christmas party's been extended to... Yeah. So what what we'll do is we'll take Manny now out to TGI Friday. Yeah. They'll go home and we'll <laughs> go on a big one. We'll get the fishbowls out. <laughs> yeah, so Christmas is Saturday and then we're fully into festive season. And, uh, yeah, I think... This week on the podcast, last week we obviously talked about Henry Shackleton, <laughs> what a bloke, <laughs> and his mate Ernest. Um, and this week, I think we wanted to go into a different type of adventure, but something that we can re- relate to a little bit, uh, a little bit m- more. That was weird. Um, <laughs> that does make sense. Let's edit that out. War um, is a word. We're going to be talking about the kind of the birth and the foundations of ocean rowing. Everyone's like, "Oh, fucking talking about the Atlantic again, are you?" It's like, "Yeah, we get are." Over get over it. You've heard of it? It was four years ago. You sad bastard. But yeah, what we're going to be doing is. Inadvertently talking about ourselves um, whilst talking about others, but the first people to ever cross an ocean via awe, um, kind of the trials and tribulations, and two kind of contrasting stories of how adventure can launch you to fame and fortune like us <laughs> <laughs> or get no recognition whatsoever like all those people you've never heard of who've done cool shit yeah um, and kind of like the the people the norwegians that we spoke about that actually won the race to the south pole last week well they they won it in 1912 but yeah we spoke about it last yeah, but week Yeah, no one knows about them. no no one knows that everyone knows about oh henry shackleton and <laughs> Captain Johnny Scott, or whatever. Johnny Scott, <laughs> bloody Johnny Ward. Johnny boy. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll kick off by paying homage to, again... I think the this nation is just superior in many a category, and adventure seems to be one of them. And two Norwegians, again... Fucking um, Norwegians. They put it about, don't they? <laughs> they do put it about. <laughs> oh, Jesus, man. Like, on... They are pretty superior. I think, like, obviously... There's no superior race in terms of. <laughs> you gotta be careful. Like, yeah, no, I'm not going down that. I'm not going down that route. But like, there's like people talk about. Is there an alien race who are superior to us? I think they're right here and they're Norwegians. Yeah. Most expensive Big Mac in the world. Is it? Yeah. Twelve quid for a Big Mac. Wow. On its own, not even in a meal. Not even mealed up. <laughs> yeah, fucking welcome. Wow. Yeah. Like their economy's flying. They're just ahead of the curve, aren't they? They do the whole environment thing yeah, well. Really well. They're. They're all loaded yeah. by the looks of it. They all seem to be, they're don't they? are all tall and hunky. They the joke all speak is all. Perfect on them. English. Sometimes it is dark for the whole day, though, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So do they suffer in the tan? Department? No, I think annoyingly, like most Scandinavians, which I still don't understand, is they basically live in the snow, yet you put them on a yacht and they're brown within an hour and a half. Yeah, that's mental. Whereas. I just go red. Yeah, same. So for about Redder than brown. Oh, you do. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Red is brown. <laughs> like a snake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, these guys, and this is, you know, I hate to go on about dates again, but this is before this journey that we spoke about last week to the South Pole. This is fucking ages ago, <laughs> right? In 1896. Two Norwegian guys, Frank Samuelson and George Harbo, um, that were clam fishermen. Yeah, in New York. Yeah, not a euphemism either. <laughs> and they, <laughs> right? So they they rode from New York to Cornwall, the uh, the silly oil silly silly, oils? <laughs> the silly, silly isles, in a the most ridiculous time. So they did it in 55 days. Which is a day slower than us. day slower than us. Just to put that out there. Yeah, that is very true. If you want to put, you know, level playing field, we're slightly better than them. That's right. They, it it was in 1896. 1896, to give some clarity how long ago that was, if you're so thick you can't figure it out. Yeah. Queen Victoria was still the monarch. The X-Ray was invented that year. Yep. It was like a really, really long time ago. And on this day in 1896... Here we go. The chief electrical engineer of the British Post Office, a William Priest, gave a public lecture in London called Telegraphy Without Wires praising the work of a 22-year-old. So that's how long ago it was. And also, in <laughs> 1896, the best nine-wicket cricket haul in history Ooh. was taken by George Loman, nine for 28 against South Africa. So a big congratulations to George. I can't imagine he's still alive, which is sad. And another thing that happened in just... Just in terms of wars, a lot of people put sort of timings around wars. Yeah. In 1896, right, (laughs) the war that was going on was the Anglo-Zanzibar War. Fantastic. So, I've never even heard of that. I think that was when the those pesky Brits moved into Africa. Oh, hang on, on. I'm just reading your classic claims. No, hang on, the little-known Anglo-Zanzibar War of 1896. Generally considered the shortest war in history, lasting for a grand total of thirty-eight minutes. Sorry, <laughs> so it was on a playground, was it? It was literally, yeah. It was a school fight. Thirty-eight minutes. It's like, a... like we're going to war. It's like fuck me, they're big. We're out. That is, I mean, that might be next week's podcast. That is fantastic. Thirty-eight minute war. <laughs> that's, a, that's a disagreement. It's isn't like it? a dead arm. It's like ah, okay, surrender, surrender. <laughs> you take it. You can have it. Yeah, fuck it. So that like, one hell for... of a war that was. <laughs> I'm a war hero. Right, yeah. Do I get a medal? am or... a fucking war hero. Give me right. a medal. So that is how long ago it was. Yes, glad we cleared that up. So, um, but like, right, the boat. Yeah. It was, it was called the Fox. And to give a bit of clarity <laughs> around the name. So we'll go into the funding of this uh, yet again, because that's quite a big part of adventure. And back in the day, it seemed to be pretty different. But these guys couldn't really get any funding. Um, but a owner of a newspaper Richard Fox was like listen I'll sort you out with maybe a boat and I'll help you with some of your logistics and I'll write about it in the paper apparently he also said he'll give the first person to row the Atlantic um, 300,000 pounds in today's money right um, which uh, they never got so I don't know if he actually did that or not but that's why they call it the Fox and this boat Let's try and paint the picture here. We'll put it on our Instagram again so you can have an actual look. But if you go to Hyde Park and you rent out one of those rowing boats, I would say they are probably better than the one they took. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, it was the same length as ours, like 18 to 20 feet this boat was. But, I mean, our boat had a cabin either end, one for storage, one for us to sleep in, GPS, an auto helm, a rudder, yeah. which helps in a boat. This was literally like a flat-bottom little skiff. An absolute shell of a boat. Not a, doesn't look like a finished boat. No, not the finished article, really. Um, I mean, I think in in terms of how they went, it was relatively uneventful. Am I right in saying that? They, they in hit- terms of speed and... I mean, they... 55 days this is the North Atlantic, so New York over to the UK. 55 days is absurdly quick and to to put that into context that people have done that since one of, one of which we'll talk about uh in the, the the next adventure here but they held that that was the speed record on the north atlantic for 116 years mental so, so that is And obviously the technology's changing and we were having a quick look. The average speed, really, that people do that exact route in with brand new boats and all this sort of thing is about 80-odd days. So in 1896, to do it in 55 days and hold that speed record for that long is absolutely mental. These guys are nails. Yeah. Like, whenever it got bad, weather-wise, on the boat for us, we could just jump in the cabin. Yeah. And that's kind of the end of it and you just kind of ride it out they just had a like a just a canvas they pulled over themselves just a big shitty little tarp just got on the boat with a sextant for navigation uh, a bit of food but they were going to rely on hopefully bumping into other boats to get more food which is mental in 1896 yeah. and a bullet As oh, a Titanic yeah oh there it is oh sunk <laughs> oh, could go now. Well, yeah. Probably not. Got my own challenge on. Hopefully, well, I'm in mid Um Yeah, a bit of food, a yeah, a sextant for navigation, and a book on nautical skills. That's literally all they took. Bloody hell. No iPad. No iPod. No Mars Pass. The navigation thing blows my mind. Yeah, it is r- ridiculous. Just, I mean, it's a it's a luck that they made it to. I mean, I wonder if they were aiming for the silly Isles. Or know. if they were, like, just aiming for just the nearest piece hit, of land. until you hit something. What's also mental is they arrived at the Silly in 55 days, so that's the official crossing, mm-hmm. land to land. Um, but they didn't get out and go, like, thank the Lord. They carried on to... What was it called in France? Le, Le, Havre? Yes. Le Havre? Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce I'm it. very good at French. So Le we, Havre. To, but that is... That's not just on the edge of France. It's like deep Normandy territory. It's like in the English Channel, basically. Yeah. Like, what are they, what are they doing there? had a dinner. had a it? dinner. So, essentially, the backstory to this is they obviously, I think, got the idea that if they went and rode the Atlantic, they would become, rightly so, being the first people ever to do it, famous uh, and be able to monetize it and get a huge amount of recognition and it just kind of blow up for them. And almost create celebrity around themselves because these are two Norwegian immigrants in New York picking up clams off the, the Hudson River bed um, like scraping a living and they're like fuck it let's roll, let's, <laughs> literally literally scraping clams <laughs> for a living let's roll the dice here we're probably going to die but I can't be asked to deal with my wife anymore because I'm just bringing home clams for dinner every <laughs> oh, night fucking stink. she's killing me sorry um, and it just didn't happen Never. so they, they hit land silly isles that's 55 days and then that richard fox had organized a dinner for them in france i mean he could have also organized a boat for them but he's obviously a tight bastard so they rode to france got there there was a bit of a dinner he gave them a gold medal i think they were expecting 200 grand or whatever it was gave them a medal and that was it the circus kind of left town and they were left there and they're like right let's get back to new york so they put their boat on a huge steam kind of liner back to New York uh, and headed back. And the the legend is <laughs> that this was a big kind of steam engine boat because we are in 1896. <laughs> I remember. That the boat ran out of fuel. It hit bad weather and got delayed, ran out of fuel. So the captain ordered for all wooden and flammable things to be burnt to create kind of energy for this boat to move fuel. So they're like, we need to burn that boat. And they're like, nah, sod that. So they dropped it back in and rode back to New York, which seems mental. <laughs> that does seem mental. I don't buy that, but anyway. no, no, <laughs> I don't research that. But that is that's a story we've told hundreds of people. So <laughs> that's the story. And we're sticking to it. So that, that's that's the Norwegians. That's Frank and George. That's, that's absolute incredible. heroes. Incredible. They're like true pioneers. True pioneers. Fast forward seventy years. Yeah, and we're back in New York there is a American guy I believe his name is Johnston of course it was Johnston, Johnston. Agent Johnston Johnston's got his Johnston out and he's swinging it about because he wants because there's a whore because <laughs> a whore the second guy's name is whore <laughs> Sake, well. So there's a Johnson and a whore. Yeah, it's like a fucking start of a joke. Yeah. Get to a there, path. There, there is. And Johnston has gone. <laughs> we want to row be the next people because in this seventy years, no one else rows that um, New York to the UK or any shock any yeah west to east route across the Atlantic because it's mental. Um, so they start floating the idea out there. Um, oh. Thank God uh, at which point you've got the captain John Ridgway who is a paratrooper in the British army and he kind of hears has a conversation with Johnston uh, and instead of trying to join forces with him he sees it immediately as an opportunity to compete with him and almost a US versus a UK bit of a bit of a race but instead of Ridgway joining forces he goes actually sob that I'm going to be the first person or I want to be the first person to repeat this this voyage and if anything beat the record so they kind of go their separate ways and um, Ridgeway goes about a mission of finding another basically finding someone as, as mental as he is to want to row across the Atlantic the famous Che Blythe kind of finally throws his hat in the ring after much chat and they decide that those two are going to take on the Americans in this race across the North Atlantic. Yeah, so this was 1966 and these kind of two pairs are in this kind of locked duel to row the Atlantic from New York to uh, the UK and the Americans aren't really up for it. They're like, right, we don't really want to make this a race. It was our idea. Let's just try and do it immediately. Yeah. And set off a couple of weeks before the Brits. Um, and I think it's 600 miles off the coast, they got into bad weather and got flipped and were killed. But by this time, the uh, Blythe and Ridgeway have already started. They are unaware that their kind of competitors have perished at sea. And they head off on this monster voyage. And again, their boat is a bit better, but, s- well, considerably better than Norwegians, obviously, 70 years later. Yeah. But, but still pretty ropey. It still looks like it's basically been built in. Yeah, 1896 yeah. as well. Yeah, it's, um, again, no cabins, just a tarpaulin, no radio, no navigation, proper, proper adventure. And what they thought would be not an easy endeavour to beat this time, but obviously when you're looking at 70 years before and going, right, those Norwegian bastards did it in 55 days, then we're going to cruise this. Yeah. Yeah. And it was not the case. They got put through it in a huge, huge way. Yeah, so they they left. They got given unpaid leave from the army, and the head of the army at the time said that the reason they can't pay them is because it was a guaranteed suicide mission, and they didn't want to be associated with the British public's money being spent on this suicide mission. So it was kind of a given that stuff was going to go wrong this is obviously a uh, a pretty risky affair especially at this time learn how to use a sextant sorry but um they know they kind of know a bit more than norwegians at this point about what they're doing and how they're going to measure it and they know that they've got 150 miles to make it to the gulf stream which is the kind of wind and weather pattern and currents that will help them in their in their way towards the uk um they planned that 150 miles to take them three days and it ended up taking them two weeks it's 150 miles to over two weeks is absolutely devastating like 11 miles yeah I think it was average 11 miles a day oh, and, uh, that's w- shite <laughs> <bet>. <laughs> that's bad even by our standards <laughs> and they um, they did a, the classic they had one clear day they had like 10 days of fog one clear day Blythe got on the sextant um, and <laughs> Tried to figure out where they were, and it put them seven hundred miles inland of Vermont, in the middle of the US. <laughs> basically, they hadn't screwed up and fitted their sextant correctly, so they were they were fucked from could, day one. Could, could you imagine that? Like, it's like right. I'm just gonna take a reading. It's like, okay mate, if you got it, you, did you learn that navigation stuff? It's like, yeah yeah yeah, I've got it. And it's like, okay, fifty two <laughs> degrees latitude, and it's like. Interesting this one. It's like where are we? It's like Vermont. Yeah. It's like you son of a bitch, you didn't read the book, did you? Yeah, there's a looks round <laughs> no, it somewhere. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Not Vermont, sorry, I meant I meant the Atlantic. It's like you <laughs> You don't know what you're doing, you bastard. It's um the navigation thing it is mad. They obviously did know what they're doing when they got it sorted, but on I hate to go back to us, but we had. No, nah, let's do uh, it. No, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I say hate, I mean love. <laughs> Stop talking about these noises. And um, we obviously had the full GPS sat mouth system, oh, yeah, which did. kind of works like a, a very bad version of Google Maps. It's like a, a dot that moves along between the waypoints that you plot. That was relatively complicated. <laughs> Just getting all the waypoints in, tape 10 waypoints, and then we had a auto helm that was powered by the solar that would auto-correct to keep us on the right course to get to the next waypoint. If that blew up, which it did twice, then we had to foot steer until we could get the next one going and then foot steer at the very end. So foot steering was a second option, but you're still you still know you're pointing in the right direction. I genuinely think if we didn't have that, I wouldn't... I would have given up. You would have no reference, especially on the days when it's still, there's no re- reference of what's... Well, the, where. These guys must have been... They wouldn't have had foot steering, that's sure. It would have just been like a fixed rudder. Yeah, it would Even have been if like... They had a just use your left arm yeah, for a longer. You just, You just do it with your hands like you would on a lake. Yeah. I mean, how they... I, I think, obviously, the, the tides and the winds push you towards, like, that area. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So, I mean... <laughs> We, we would have hit somewhere eventually As a miracle we hit Barbados purely yeah, down true. to technology yeah. but reading kind of their memoirs and stuff from the trip it's actually quite funny how similar it is so they, they got capsized halfway through thrown out the boat their cord that are attached with saved them from floating away which is kind of what happened to us Upon yeah. I was obviously in a cabin chilling <laughs> um, they went through a hurricane Hurricane Alma so did we it's not as big as our one but you know it's still pretty bad I, I guess they were under a tarp for a hurricane <laughs> for four days Jesus which can you the, the craziest thing is it's like we we when we'd get a call from someone or got an email that kind of gives you oh we were on comms the whole time it kind of there's still this thread with kind of society and your friends and your family so you never feel totally alone that and watching Entourage yeah obviously watching (laughs) all of Netflix has to offer and these guys just they had nothing like (laughs) if they died no one would have known for weeks or whatever no music nothing no Mars bars and in that hurricane they got and they got capsized they lost loads and loads of food And uh, they basically kind of came to the conclusion that we're going to perish out of here of starvation. And luckily, stroke of luck, a shell tanker passed by. They flagged it down by putting, I think it was a white towel on one of the oars, flagged it down. And it was a British captain. They got on board, had lunch with him, which I don't want to (laughs) be... I don't want to be a sour pussy. <laughs> strictly speaking. <laughs> strictly speaking, that doesn't count as a crossing, <laughs> That's I'm afraid, lads. Cheating, I'm afraid. You cannot leave your vessel. Um not allowed any exterior support. Yeah. No, so che. sorry guys, that is an invalid attempt at the Atlantic, <laughs> but we'll gloss over that. Um This captain took him aboard, he cooked him a nice meal, gave him a load of food, which saved the whole adventure. And they asked him the question they're like, who won the Football World Cup? And he was like Who did win that? England. Ah, oh, 66, mate. Come yes, come. when it last came home. Yes. Fly me. I yeah. thought I was 1066. That's was, that was about Hastings. Hastings. 1066. 1066. That, yeah. What's that? Hastings Direct. <laughs> oh All right. <laughs> um, fuck. It's weird that I know that number. That is 800. Weird. Is that an insurance confirm? 1066. Dum. Is that insurance? Yeah. Right. Anyway, that's not a sponsored ad. Other so, insurance Jay. are available unless you want it to be yeah, yeah so <laughs> yeah that's got some cash please come on board um but yes, yeah, so, got- so Shell Tank, well, like the oil company yeah. Shell, are amazing. Yeah, it's so they're bored. not all bad. No, the Shell are good lads. Well, I think they are. <laughs> providing energy globally <laughs> and picking up lads when they're in yeah. dire need. Yeah, giving them scrambled eggs and letting them know the news. And I think they, they ended up dropping off a lot of good gear for them in terms of eggs, fish, yeah. fresh vegetables. That they sorted them right out. Kind of changed the game for them just when they needed them. Just yeah. like when we found those Harry Bows. Yeah, similar. Again, the story's just intertwined. <laughs> it's just, you know, different times, but the <laughs> yeah. same adventure, really. Um, but yeah, so after absolutely being put through the washer, they hit land in Ireland 92 days after leaving New York. 92 days on a fucking little tiny Hyde Park rowing boat. I mean, <sighs> that is nails, isn't it? three months in that, that that's just exposed 100% of the time as yeah. well no respite and the North Atlantic I wouldn't say it's harder but, but <laughs> it's, it is it's definitely more <laughs> it's colder it's severe, rougher isn't it? Yeah. it is I mean the, the South Atlantic is brutal and it gets very very hot but that's about it it's yeah. like oh I'm turning uh, yeah. too much yeah literally where's <laughs> the sun cream but we were in board shorts most of the time yeah. these guys are in oilies and it's freezing cold dodging icebergs it's like <coughs> it's full noise and they've yes they've arrived in Ireland um, to I think a, a pretty terrible reception to begin with Yeah. until people realised actually what they'd done and then it flipped 180 and um i think they got the reception thereafter yeah eventually the story of them arriving is pretty epic they kind of were coming into the shore in ireland a tiny little port town and a crew from a lighthouse saw them through a telescope and they presumed they were castaways from a bigger vessel in like a little lifeboat because that's essentially what their boat was. It was almost like a little lifeboat. And they're like, right, quickly, scramble, like, rescue teams and whatnot. And they're looking through the telescope, and they're like, what are they doing? (laughs) What is that fellow doing? And it was old John Ridgway having a shit in a bucket. (laughs) So it's, again, very similar to the Chinese tourists looking at my big wall dick. Yeah, trying to see it with (laughs) the the triple (laughs) telescope action. Jesus. So I wonder if, Ridgway, maybe this is the first ever case of... Big wall dick through a telescope, probably through telescope, yeah, yeah. Through okay. telescope. and you're the second ever documented. Shit, I should get an MBU. You should, <laughs> yeah. So they rewarded MBU. <laughs> yeah, yes. no, not for the not, not for the big wall D, but yeah. for the for the crossing. So and like rightfully so, but just to contrast to the absolute lack of kind of congratulations and commendments for the Norwegians. Is that a word? Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay, I'll take it. Commendment yeah. doesn't sound no, well, that, does it? It's, shit. it's a it's shit, 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 shit. word. But anyway, there they didn't get very heavily commended. <laughs> I'm just trying <laughs> to use the same thing there. <laughs> but anyway, the, these two British guys, maybe because obviously they've landed in their home country, they're in the military, they're paratroopers. Maybe that all adds to the the allure. I you know, I don't want to speculate. But fair play to them. But yeah, so they got you know they met the Queen, MBE. Shea Blythe went on to set a load of sailing records and, you know, is very, very famous in his own right in those circles. Absolutely. And it's just funny, isn't it, how the two Norwegians who set out on this adventure purely to try and, you know, make their life more comfortable and to gain money and fame got none of it. And these two British guys were kind of renowned in the history books for being the pioneers in something that was actually done 70 years before. Yeah. And it is funny how that, that can happen. I mean, for us, you know, we're, we're just global influencers. Um, we got just like 17 talk- or 18 followers. Who, just talking to the masses. Yeah. And the millions that listen to this. That could have quite easily not happened. And that's so easily done. But I think <laughs> one of the... Uh, so, so the obviously the, they didn't beat the record. I just missed out.
1: <laughs> just hey, part yeah. of 40
0: odd days. Um, and the the record that eventually got bought a beat on the North Atlantic, the Norwegian record went. And what's happening now is the technology is obviously changing. It's pretty safe to say that these guys' boats weren't considered blowing boats, which is the classic term for this new form of boat. That if you listen to our Atlantic Diaries, uh, the first. Uh, three episodes, we kind of mentioned about the different boats available for ocean rowing but to kind of put some perspective on how things have changed now, people are crossing the the mid-Atlantic, the route that we did from east to west, it took us 54 days and the record now is 29 days for a group of four and that is... And what's the record for a single? 30, 30, 30 days. days and that is I, mean, we, I don't want to take away from it but we said that you'd bump into land if you if you just rode and if you did anything, uh, if you did nothing, you'd still get there. That whole thing, that whole thinking, isn't us trying to put down what we've done and what these people have done and the amazing achievements of the records, but a Frenchman bobbed across the Atlantic (laughs) in a giant fucking barrel this year. (laughs) In a wine barrel. (laughs) In a giant wine barrel, genuinely. He he literally just took of. It's the Frenchest thing I've ever ever heard in my life it's amazing it's a like, bonjour uh yeah uh, je suis uh in the wine baron <laughs> so you're gonna you're gonna row it it's like oh no 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 i'm, just gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna take those fromage and just go in the wine and literally i'll see where i end up fromage and van rouge absolute legend incredible but the point of that is we, we get asked quite a lot about um people who are planning on doing the atlantic and some are realistic some are like I've, i'm I'm going to break the world record but I'm setting out to do it and it's like epic like go for it but it doesn't matter if you had 15 Olympic gold medalist rowers in a boat if the weather doesn't let you do it you're not doing it yeah you're not going so obviously these Norwegians 55 days North Atlantic probably had I'm not saying good weather in terms of it was nice it was probably gnarly ass but they would have had huge following winds and waves and just got pelted to yeah, the other side totally the whole time it would have been the whole time white knuckle ride whereas the Brits I mean they were stuck in a hurricane going backwards for four days <laughs> and if you get that over and over and over again are you talking you, about us or Che and John I'm talking about them for the minute Okay. okay. that's what I was going <laughs> to um, and yeah we kind of learned that from day one yeah. Um, and that's our advice isn't it is don't never put a date on it yeah don't put all your expectations into how quick you're going to do it because unfortunately for you it's not actually up to you yeah it's uh, yeah it's far from that but 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 that's not not take anything away from it. But that yeah, actually reminds not. me of a story. Um, it's a bit of a, a bit, I guess, a bit of a tar that people use, especially when we were doing it. When these new boats were coming in, and these ones called blowing boats that have a, essentially, they've got a larger surface that the wind will catch if it's going the right direction, Smart. and push them faster. It's, it's just good engineering. Yeah, very good engineering. Um, and that's the one that we wanted to get, but we didn't. We ended up with one like fucking chain john boy and um and as, it was their boat as, as we were doing a a, a training day oh, down in uh, down in essex on our boat it was probably our second or third time but we were, <laughs> it was it's quite still there we were coming back in and this uh, this lad this a, a, a rich guy who uh, who basically t- fully self-funded uh, himself. Going across, he's bought this absolutely massive porno boat. You could have fit about twelve people in It was in literally there. a boat for ten people, wasn't it? It and was. He just huge. bought it outright. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to row on my own. It's like, right. So he he's seen us rowing back, like rowing back in, kind of parking this thing up, and he's gone, oh, nice blowing boat, nice blowing boat, boys. Like basically trying to have a dig one because he thinks that we are in a blown boat which we fucking weren't we weren't at all so it showed his pure lack of understanding uh, we just responded with okay uh, it's not a blown boat and you've ran aground by the way so whilst he's trying to hammer us totally without even knowing he's actually managed to run his boat aground and he basically sat on the sandbar Uh, it was was the most cringeworthy thing ever oh that was the same bloke who because we found out who he was (laughs) and he entered the Talisky Whiskey (laughs) Challenge uh, and he was over a hundred days at sea uh, in this uh, essentially a canal boat (laughs) in the barge and he got halfway across and was like I'm I'm fucked here so we called basically a guy called Levin Brown who's a, a Bit of a legend, I guess, in the ocean rowing community, um, and flew him out to Africa and then got him on a boat to meet him halfway to jump on to help him finish <laughs> which I think is absolute genius that's incredible that, that, I've got and so also, much time for that and also fair play 100 days at sea is mental more of an adventure than yeah your, t- your 29 days oh god yeah it's that's a long long time I yeah, mean fair, the guy's an absolute weapon but fair play just like, made, made made us laugh at the time oh, that we get, he was ribbing us for nice, something that nice we... blowing boat boys it's so, like okay firstly it's not a blown boat secondly oh douche. <laughs> what were you going? Or oh, the canal boat crash? Absolutely superb. Yeah, I think is that that's it. I think isn't it? Yeah, oh, I mean, the history of ocean rowing. You're welcome. Congratulations. You're welcome. Forty minutes on the history of ocean rowing. You're welcome. You can tell all your mates about that. Uh, should, we, <laughs> should we go on to the questions? Yes, let's. Um, I think we should. We've let's got explore the questions. A couple here. Let's have a look. Right, first one from Chris Garrow is. Oh, okay. What is your favorite type of cheese? Enjoying the podcast. Keep it up, guys. Thanks, thanks, Chris. I like I like the four. Sorry? The four cheese pizza. Oh fucking. Okay. Alright, dad. Alright, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favourite cheese. What's hilarious is you, you'll definitely have a pyramid. You'll have a top three podium of cheeses that you've had. You'll have had this discussion about nah, nine times yeah. before. I've had it recently, actually. But I think there are quite Do, a few... I don't want to know about your compliments. <laughs> what pickles are you going with? Yeah, but that's the thing with cheese. I think it's very, you know, it's a very static mindset to be like, what is your favourite? There's, yeah, I know. there's different places situations. you can have cheese. Are yeah, totally. I mean, we looking on a biscuit with a chutney, if if we're doing that, I mean, a fucking good old vintage cheddar is hard to beat with a bit of chutney. Post meal, or is it standalone? I, I'm I'm in a big. Is kind it going of, in a sandwich? I'm in a rut at the moment where we'll have quite a lot of cheese and biscuits before dinner. Right, <laughs> that and is a rut. Sit down for dinner and be like, <laughs> I'm full, <laughs> and then smash dinner. Yeah, um, and then get the cheese back out. I think if I'm going. Top All right. Of the okay. Tree, let us let, go like this. Let's go. One cheese for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then I'll do my yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one cheese for the rest of your life. Cheddar. Yeah, it's got it's a bit, isn't it? It? It's it's it? versatile. It's so versatile. What about if you've you've got a cheese board coming out? Yeah, with four cheeses on. Yeah, you got your your blue. Yeah, you got your goat's cheese. You got your cheddar. <sighs> brie, but brie doesn't do it for me really. I think it's a little too mild. Yeah, it's just a little bit soft, isn't yeah. it? it's just like I'm brie. It's a bit of shit. Maybe. Mm, Camembert is, can be nice uh, No, I'm going Manchego Yeah, okay I you're going to say that yeah. Okay. yeah, that's my fault What's yours? Um, Dairy Lee Yeah like <laughs> <Suck>. American Swiss <laughs> yeah. Provolone Yeah Um, I don't know I'm, I'm a cheddar Mar-a-ray guy really. Yeah, I'm a cheddar guy Fine Versus I, I do I like a Brie and Cranberry at this time of year Okay, yeah, festive What about a blue? Only, only post meal with a with a wine. Blue but cheese. I can only sauce have a very small amount of it. Phenomenal! I smash through the blue. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Big time. Big. <sighs> uh, I've fan. got about maybe five, five like chunks of it, and then I'm sick. That's uh, that's quite a lot. Not ch- <laughs> chunks, just in like like bites. <laughs> okay, fine. five bites. Oh, no, I could do a whole one. No, oh, Jesus, man. Okay, that's. I think we've wrapped that up. <laughs> <Well> done, <Chris. laughs> well done. Um, next question uh, from Daniil, uh is just a. Two emojis, um, the fire and the thumbs up. So thank you for that. Not a question. Should but we can decide for that? Thank or? you very much. Okay. Yes, I guess. I can. It's a rhyme. A rhyme? <laughs> a riddle. Uh, from Hugh Cox. Okay. Huge Cox. Uh, do you get stopped in the street and asked to sign autographs? Well, do um, we ever? I, no. I can think. <laughs> Is the word? I, let me just think about it. No, it's never. I mean, who asked for autographs? like no, no. it was no not one. Mickey Mouse at Disney is it no but you you got stopped the other day didn't you Um that was yeah. something you knew though yeah. like, alright mate It's like hi it's Tom it's like, oh, I've known you for years like, <laughs> oh you want an autograph what the fuck are you doing mate like, you arranged did, to go for a did, beer with did me did you have a pen or did you want me to use my pen that I carry around with me you <laughs> got stopped once in the Cotswolds in the Cotswolds yeah that was that was actually okay. following a following a talk that we did Went into the, obviously, the the best coffee shop in the village. Yes. And um, went in with a good friend of mine who should be far more known than... uh, Is far more (laughs) known than than either you or me. Um, Didn't know who he was, and he just said, Are you James from The Tempest 2? It was like I'd gone in and paid him. Boner. Yeah. That's weird. (laughs) But it was... um, yeah, monumental moment. I've told about 75 people about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that—that that is the only time. Yeah, because We would like to keep it low profile, you know? We do. I mean, we do both wear caps and hoodies. Yeah. We kind of go with a old profile. Yeah. Incognito. Yeah. It's like you, those two fat lads who climbed our caps. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It were mainly just disappointing when people see them in real life. Yeah, that is true. Um, last question. It's actually two questions, but we'll let you like go over it. Well by well artwork done. by KP. So I'm guessing you're KP. Uh First one is most memorable place that we've had a beer together. Ooh. Top of uh Mont Blanc? Yeah that was good. Had a beer up there. That was good. The spoons in Newcastle. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I think in terms of Oh no, I won't, it won't go down there. Malibu Beach House <laughs> I thought that was Rosé <laughs> yeah who <laughs> are we kidding they don't do lagers no, there's no lagers um, I think the, the top of Mont Blanc is, is definitely up there yeah that was good the middle of the Atlantic uh, the Coronas the, the New Year Coronas was good yeah. find your beach yeah good campaign thanks actually the middle of the Atlantic has got to be that was good we, 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 we earned them because we pulled the 48 fuckers all the way across we... the Atlantic <laughs> Um, we, we, we've we had a beer on most of the adventures haven't we yep actually it turned to wine in Patagonia Yeah, canned wine that, that was, was good yeah, wine on the motorbike ride yeah not whilst Knocked while not while driving yeah so it's been a lot but I say the, the top of Mont Blanc when we got there and it was punishing then the weather cleared and we were the only people on the summit and we had a beer so again I'm going cool. to the, the cheese questions throwing <laughs> me so I'm not going back to the cheese so I'd like to make a special shout out to the mouse cheese no I, I want to go in terms of the perfect adventure lager or beer or even beverage no let's widen it out beverage what like mid adventure yeah you need like a lake beer, don't you? I think you do. Like a cause light. Like, your Fosters. Yeah. you cool, like a shit beer. Really. You can have a, you could have eleven of them and still drive. Yeah, and be exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. Well, and what about for finishing? <sighs> the ultimate <sighs> celebration beer because you, your your bog standard is your your I, Italian premium your yeah, Peroni. But I think your um, Moretti. I think you're looking. You're moving into dark and stormy espresso martini territory. You are a, you're a cocktail man. Aren't yeah, you? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I have ten of them and then go home in a taxi not, yeah shall <laughs> I don't go home <laughs> <laughs> you don't you do not I'm, I stay out I'm a weirdo. um <laughs> yeah and the second part of his question the second part of the question I thought we were going back into cheese then but uh, <laughs> dream, dream adventure guest on the podcast maybe we'll okay. would you guys like it if we had more guests and I stop talking about ourselves <laughs> maybe So our we 20 minutes talking about yeah, cheese first is ever yeah. guest was Alex Honnold who that's up there isn't it it's not bad is it As a first guest whoever's a second guest is going to be a huge letdown yeah That's so true. Um, I would like to get on the podcast adventure wise. um, Who'd be good? Toby, interesting is that Mike Horn. Yeah, I mean, he might be the coolest man in the world. If, If you haven't, you probably haven't actually. Seen Mike Horn. Um, Horn is H O R N E. Look at him on Instagram. He's basically half Swiss, half South African. That is a good start. God, he must be fifty that odd. That just now. sounds like money, doesn't he it? He is. Yeah, he must be stinking rich. He is as sexy as a man can be. He's like. He looks like he's just rolled out of a Davidoff advert. <laughs> and he has done some mad, massive mad shit. Massive. Like he is proper, proper big boy. And he's got his own boat that he's named... I mean... He's named after that fucking watch brand that he's sponsored by. Panerai, whatever it is. So he's got... the and it's like, it's like it. a metal hulled boat yacht Jesus called Panerai. Fucking... And he's sponsored by... He's just got a Mercedes G-Wagon. They just whack it. He, he's like... He's living, isn't he's he? He's done it proper. Max honey. Yeah. honey. Honey, honey, <laughs> My honey. Um, <laughs> Off. Yeah, yeah. That's I, a good shot. It'd be good just to like... Get him on the podcast and hopefully try and get him to give him some cash or something. Yeah, nice. and just give him a kiss, I think. Yeah, yeah, just a hand job at nine. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh the horny hand job. <laughs> That'll be. He's got working hands, hasn't he? A, yeah, don't go near he's it. He's callous. Cool. Don't go near it. Um, I, I think my one would be, and, and not in the same vein in any way, Dame Ellen MacArthur. <laughs> <laughs> but like totally just No, but. I actually watched a TED talk and it was mind-blowing she's an incredibly smart lady as well um yes. which isn't surprising but it's i think well oh you should go and watch it and make your own mind up but she's gone into the environment and energy and stuff right now you you sent this in my reaction i'm, I'm literally i'm literally <laughs> just <treading> water <laughs> here just melts <laughs> the comment She, she she's smart not that she shouldn't no, be. No, but you know what I mean. She is. She's a pioneer of our age. Oh my god, that is! I'm crying at that. That's so. so probably watching you melt. Um, hopefully, she no, never Ted, listens to that. That TED Talk is impressive. The sum of that sale around the world was actually mental. Exactly on your own. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <So> that <laughs> exactly. is why I'd like her to be on the podcast. Yeah, I'm sure she's going to come on now. Yes. Um, but yeah I think that maybe that rounds it out it certainly does is there any more questions no more questions (laughs) none more worth answering anyway Um, I've got a puppy to tend to you have yes and uh, yeah thanks again for listening I think uh, we're going to do a podcast around actually around kind of New Year's resolutions that's coming up into people's minds now. Oh, new Year, new yeah, me, baby. I'm, I'm gonna lose a hundred pounds <laughs> in a week, baby. Set in the casino. Yeah, am I right? So yeah, we're actually gonna talk about that and kind of goal setting. Uh, it's kind I, of in line with the time that we are gonna set our next big yes. big challenge. Yeah. In terms of what's next, the wheels are in motion. Slowly but surely, Um, not yet to kind of fully confirm it, but we think we have the framework of what will be our next endeavour. So, yeah, maybe it'll be a bit around that as well. So, in the meantime, thank you for listening. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you want any guests. If you do want a guest, you know give us a shout and we can reach out and you can ignore us is, and we'll just yeah. keep doing this if you want to be a guest yeah oh, let us know as well we should do a Christmas party right do you reckon if we did a Christmas party with our podcast listeners podcast podcast listeners how many would turn up nine <laughs> four I could get three there yeah Manny Pablo yeah. <laughs> yeah Pablo counts I reckon I've got this this is a a call to my fiancé who Ooh. has listened to one episode in total <laughs> so I can literally say what I want on here it's a pathetic <laughs> attitude from her to not even turn on but uh, yeah so I wouldn't even get be able to get her along to the fine. Christmas party yeah. so I think maybe we'll leave that on for next year fine next year when we've we've got millions alright guys thanks so much ciao ciao bye bye